we need to do is to protect that process. Mm. To make sure, and, and I keep saying this, I just said it today somewhere, that legally, or, or being constitutionally, party agents are supposed to be at the polling unit. And these are the people that who are also intelligence officers for, for, for their political party. But the party. question is, I how said, many hey, political guy, parties can afford to, to have uh, party agents across all the polling units? So it's, it's a lot expensive, isn't it? It's a it? lot of expenses. Of, of course, I get that. I, I understand that. But at the same time, it is not only the political party that pay their bills. Mm. Candidate pay the bill, political party pays the bill. So, and they also have people who take that up in their constituency and say, okay, we in this senatorial uh, district, you are deploying 108. Okay, we are, uh, I'm going to pay that. But that is possible. But what we need to do is, number one, how do we checkmate the activity of the polling officials? I mean, so, of, 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 so, of the party agent. So, that is key. So one, one thing that I see here is that if you vote and you know that your party is winning in this polling unit, Protect the vote. Protect the vote. You make just, sure. You just took the word out of my mind. Protect it because mm. the moment vigilance be the moment some people just invade the place, take the ballot box, snatch it, smart pour it into the water or burn it off. What happened? Whether you are winning there or not, so far that result has not got into IREF. So far that result has not got into from ECH and snapped. Then that place is cancelled. So what now happened? Interesting, <laughs> interesting. That is one. That is that, one that, scenario. That's a scenario that, that, yeah. uh, that's dangerous. That and which uh, uh, and uh, the thing is that uh, by 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 the guidelines of INEC and the and, and the electoral law, police officers at least three of them in a polling unit. That is what we usually see, right? Yes. yes. And at the peri uh, peripheral and the perimeter or outside of the polling unit. That's where you have the armed uh, armed armed ones. Um, but usually you see a, a bit of disruption in the process and you see uh, the only thing that the police officers there could do is to be coming people to just, say just pleading we we've seen that in fact i remember in 2019 we saw that happen in one of the polling units in the solo in lagos and then where that policeman was trying to calm them down and was trying to pick the ballot paper uh, ballot box and then they do another thing it was just co so confused mm. because they were not armed mm. i think i think what need to be done you know i think what need to be done is um that has to be uh protected and we have citizens need to do everything within their power yeah. to protect that you've, just, that is bad. you've that just given us one one scenario just a moment let me let me ask stanley to come in here Stanley Okechuku, uh, who is uh, virtually joining us from Lagos. Stanley, hi. Um, hey, Rachel. Yeah. What in your own imagination or from your own research have you identified as a possible rigging tactics of the politicians? So as much as I agree with Mr. Mike, he has said so much, and Divas is actually a game changer. No, no doubt about that. But again, I want to piggyback on what Mr. Idowa said. The major problem now is when an opposition is winning in its own polling units and is losing in the stronghold of the opposition, what they go there to do is disrupt the election. So like Mr. Idowu said, if before the, the voters, the, the voter, the votes is being counted or transferred to the IREP and they cause commotion there, what then happens? 
you've disrupted the whole situation there and that polling unit or the election there will be cancelled so what is INEC planning to do absolutely there's really nothing INEC can do about that that's what we look at now the security situation do i have confidence in the security for the election my answer is not 100 percent my answer is not 100 percent and again if we talk about vote buying vote buying doesn't happen on the day of election vote buying happens a day or two days before the elections and even on the day of the election what you see is people gather around like a political party but then a day or two before they've already organized and agreed on how they vote what they do is they come to various polling units look for those guys who are more influential or those people who they call youth leader call them to the corner that is two three days before the election discuss with them tell me how many people you can bring that would vote for my candidate and how much would it cost you get they agree all these things a day before the election and on the day of the election you see all these people gather around as if that they are they are one party but you don't know what has gone how much has exchanged hand before the day of the election so arresting votes people who, who wants to buy vote on the day of the election you won't see those people you won't see them there. So the security situation is where I'm more concerned about. How would the police arrest the situation? What if the police gets overpowered? You put two or three, four policemen, you know, in various polling units. What if they get overpowered? What happens? Election will be canceled there too. So, so Stanley, you, you are thinking that, or you're saying basically, that rigging has taken another dimension, right? And yes, we, and because there is even cash cash crunch, uh, the narrow notes is not uh, readily available uh, in the hands of many Nigerians. So there's a possibility that we are not going to be seeing people doling out cash. Are, are there possibilities that there might be connivance before the election? What are the tactics that you understand is going on in terms of the vote buying, which you think maybe have gone digitized? Well, I, I don't think anybody who is buying votes wants to start doing transfer. They still will use the raw cash so that there are no traces. Um, vote buying has not gone digitized. The only people that will be paying, that will be making payments to digitally will be um, the, the, the party reps on that day because that is legal. Even INEC has said that there are certain amounts that the presidential election can actually spend on the day of the election um down to every other election there will be no digital means of payments cash will be made available two three days or a day before the election Mister, you see you see the possibility of people seeing cash on their day of election and running after it because i, I see if, that possibility if if anybody throws up cash in the air there is scarcity of Naira now. So, <laughs> so so why that is going to work to stop vote buying on one hand, it yeah. can also enhance it on the other side. Mm. As a matter of fact, it can actually reduce the cost. You know what it means? It it can it can reduce um it, it reduce the amounts people pay. So what it means is that so if there are if, if for instance if there are surplus of cash in the in the economy and you are still paying three thousand this time around anybody that see one thousand error is going to grab it so that is another consequence of that again it also means that look it's 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 um 
you may not also have that cash to also share to a lot of people so that may also stop vote buying in that regard however the the, the other one i want to say i want to mention uh, around uh, the the INEC process is being altered uh on that you, you know i said i like about four so the other one i want to say on that INEC process is, is deliberate uh that to to deliberately cause over voting in a particular polling unit of your opponent how can you cause people over voting don't when there know is that it's still possible these are Sean, these are scenarios we have played to see look and then we need to sensitize people all you need to do and that is why this ad hoc staff need to really sign oaths of neutrality and they have to be professional and they have to make sure they are not bribed they are not open to uh to be bribed and they these people are protected but the moment so this is uh, this is how it works all i need to do is to pay you bribe you and just make sure that one or two people get the ballot paper to vote without being accredited i only need to flash the beavers to you like this and say okay yeah 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 you are you are already accredited and i give you what's the, the ballot paper all you need to go and do because you are not yet accredited the beaver did not tick you so all you need to do is that by the time we are counting we now find out that the accredited number is totally different from the ballot paper counted so at that particular instance it is over voting so mm. people need to know that and what is the law saying about that cancellation whether one or two or thirty is cancellation mm. so how do we protect the ad hoc staff against bribery or from the political class you know so all i need to do is just you pay the guy and say look three people are coming allow them to vote and please no accreditation in the site in the in the in the polling unit of your opponent and then the person just flash and then just put your finger and say put your finger and say it's accredited and the end of the day you get the paper to go and vote meanwhile that accreditation is not did not count in inside let me bring in one or two people on okay. twitter uh spaces here yeah. i see a few people that are being uh, activated as a speaker uh mr igini i think he's still with us uh, i'll bring him back in because i guess he, he wants to respond to one or two issues uh mr activist uh, activist law emmanuel Owa um uh, if you if you are activated as a speaker if you can uh, quickly weigh in um on this matter all right i guess uh, um amosa um at uh, uh i tweet with naf uh please you can we can go ahead and speak now If he's not ready, can we take uh, at Stardust six under six six? I don't know if they can hear me though. I thought that it would be good to get some of these responses of the people on uh, Twitter Space, but they they've raised their hands. Um, and what is going on? All right, I think, yeah. Who is on now? Okay, good evening, sir. All right, I think this is Umar, right? Is it Umar or, or Stardust? No. 
Yes, Stardust. Oh, Stardust, please go ahead. Yeah. Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening, uh, Mike Aguini. My evening. name is Lebade. I'm a PhD student of political science from UNN. Mm. I want to ask Mike Aguini a question, which is relevant to one of my research. Um, is there? He talked about some innovations coming up in INEC uh, to perfect our voting processes better. And I want to ask him, in the future, will there be an introduction of electronic voting? And then will there be any introduction of uh, any method that would allow um, ad hoc staff to also vote on election day? Because it seems the current system disenfranchises the current IMEC ad hoc staff who may themselves be interested in voting particular persons. And if you look at um, the numbers of the ad hoc staff, there's a possibility that that number could change the results of an election. So is there any provision for that? Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Stardust. Uh, let's get another person on uh, Twitter Spaces. I see um, Ants in April at Omo Baba Leeds uh, on Twitter. Uh, okay, I'm here. All right, please go uh, ahead. Yes, uh, what a privilege opportunity to join in this discourse. Thank you. Uh, I want, yeah, I want to say something because sometimes for many of us, especially on issues like this. We try to be a little bit reserved because some of these things can actually call for further questioning. I'm not saying because when you are able to when you are able to expose or bring to bear one or two ways that election can be made, then you can actually be called for further questioning. Yes, this is a Twitter space. One can also be very, very careful. I have my own reasons. I must tell you because I've also done a little research because I know how this thing is. By special grace of God, I have always followed up elections since 1999. I know to the extent that people can go to read elections. Most especially now that we don't have elections that is semi electronic. In the sense that there are some of the processes that are manual and there are some of the processes that are interfaced. So, having said that, uh, I just want to say that the data pool of all registrants of all Nigerian voters, I want to believe that it is in one spot. Because I'm taking time out to listen to uh, a guy in Guinea, which I know is an astute man on this election issue. I want to believe that the whole data pool is in one file or is in just one backend for it nationally. I just want to believe the reason why I'm saying this is because you agree with me that Nigerians move around, but Nigerians move about. We still have a situation where the INET the register will say that you have a lot of persons under age voters in it, if they couldn't do anything. A lot of underage voters in that INEC register who were thinking that by now it ought to have been cleaned up. It wasn't done. That's not our fraud. Because the fraud system in, uh, in voting 
virtually stands for the registration. Because the moment you are able to build up your numbers, then you can do a whole lot. All right, I'm that sorry. is one. Yeah. Second, yeah. Let me let me so that we, we take it um uh, brief and short so that we can okay. allow more people to speak. Uh, let me see if Samuel Falaye uh, can come in. Samuel Falaye, um, you, if you are ready, please go ahead. Yeah, good day, everybody. My name is Samuel Falaye. Can you hear me, please? I can hear you. Please go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I want to appreciate this opportunity given by Shane. Uh, I want to talk about the election again. Uh, one thing I know about this election again is it is only the INEC that can put an end to this rigging by this uh, vote buying mechanism. And this is the reason why I'm saying this. You see, why is it that when you when you get to a polling station to vote, the presiding officer after you've been accredited? The presiding officer will give you the ballot paper, right? When they give you the ballot paper, you will move into the cubicle. After voting, you will now bring that your already casted uh, ballot, you will now be taking it to the front. We are other agents, we see the particular party you voted for before they paid you. You see, why, why is it difficult for INEC to ensure that the ballot box itself is even in a cubicle? We are after how, how many, how much is the, how many, we have just the two sheets of paper for the ballot, uh, for the ballot paper. Why can't they put the ballot box beside, inside the cubicle, whereby you, you cast a vote, you put it inside. If they can do that, this will stop the vote buying because people, they want to see that you actually voted for their party before they paid you. And the only way they can do that is after you might have voted, you will now take it to the front. And the the, the irony of it is the police officers, forget about the security. You will see that the police officers, they are sitting close to the ballot, uh, the, the, the cubicle. And if we have the police, three, four police officers in a particular police unit, why is it not, why is it difficult for them to stay there? Why would they put the ballot box in front of the presiding officers? That is number one. They have the ballot box has to be placed in a cubicle, in the same cubicle, so that when you cast your vote for your for the person you preferred or the, the party, you will put it inside the ballot box. All right. No, let's let's some follow Let let's move quickly to another person. Let's get some multiple uh uh, opinion uh, because this is the yeah, essence. So let let me allow let me let me allow because of our time. Uh, let me allow Omar Abdullahi. Then I'll go back to Mister Igini so that I can give some answers to some of these questions. Uh, Omar Abdullahi, let's get to your intervention. 
Okay, um, Sheo, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, sir. Um, one of the, yeah, Sheo, look, one of the things troubling our country is uh, implementation. And I'll tell you what, the last speaker, Samuel, I appreciate yourself for what you said, but I'll tell you that our problem is the security agents at the, at the polling unit, at the polling um, uh, centers. We need to have not just a face, dummies, people who are as good as lepers. Because our Nigerian, uh, the Nigerian police, they need to do enough, a lot. Most times, look at what happened recently with um, all of the uh, political parties that were at. We had videos, evidence that had Nigerian policemen around, and they did nothing. When we have dummies as police officers at our pulling units, there is no amount of magic INEC can do that INEC is not this, the police. And look, we have billions being mapped out for the police. So policemen, they do nothing. And it is, it is, it is painful that the system have allowed corruption to invade the system such that the policemen, even when you have issues reported to, the, to their, to their um, bosses, the responses you get are very appalling. So the policemen officers at the polling units, they should enforce. When I next staff say, in the last elections I witnessed, I voted, right? The last election that I voted here in Abuja, I would tell you that we have police officers who said they can't do anything. So you can't do anything. The INEC, uh, uh, what they call it, the, the officers there will say, look, this is the way you should vote. You have to do like this, you have to be on this queue and things. The police officers are doing nothing. So what you are saying is that we should ensure, we should hold the uh, security apparatus responsible. Enough. This is the new Nigeria. It's have to have a responsible police agency, law enforcement agency, not just police, but, you know, the, the armed agencies. They should enforce these things. Right. Enough of um, allowing you to come on channels TV, allowing us to be on the space, we talk about political parties. It is the security agencies that should implement this thing. And enough of all this. Now, I'll tell you what, on the day of elections, there will be vote buying. There will be cash. So the billions of dollars that this political party uh, uh, agent and co I've been keeping. You see, on that day, you will discover, you reported on TV that Umar said this, that on that day of elections, you will be seeing new money, original, not even the year. They'll be mm. fake, definitely. But I'll right. tell you that you see those points <laughs> out there in circulation. All right. Uh, it's I mean, it's going to be interesting. Umar, let me get your reaction to some of the issues. I wanted you to be able to react uh, yeah, to, yeah, very, to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah, I said there are boundaries of responsibility and accountability in election management. The, 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 the role of the security is to prevent from the first outer layer, A, say, um, talks from coming in. The second is the sec second layer, then we have the third layer. If it's possible for talks to break the first layer, second layer, and come to the polling unit, no INEX staff is trained to disarm armed talks. So it, security must play their role. On vote buying, we have, I have a video to show to you that uh, in one election, I want to keep the state off. I don't want to mention the, the state where um, people queued up to vote. Then security were there. Those who wanted to share money came around. When they came around, voters abandoned the polling units. 
they ran after the guy who came to share money, including security personnel, to collect their own out of that. So what do you speak about that? Now, let me say this here. Um, the first guy, what's his name? We, we have to take note of what I've told you before. So that let us not rehash the bad behavior of the past that we are not seeing at the moment because we are making some progress. I told you that all those shenanigans about sexing of voters register, have a big register, was because of sections of the law that supported rigging. I told you guys, so don't bring that here again. For example, when you talk about disruption at polling unit, can you provide example of where in recent elections, with this innovation that be put in place, where such disruption was an issue? I can't remember anyone where you talk about national value. Those are the things that have to do with the old system, not the current one at all. All right? So disruption at polling units is not even a common thing right now. But I agree with you that now that we have returned everything to the polling unit, no longer at the world where people can now change the result. The use, polling unit becomes the center of universe. Well, that is where everybody is going to right now. And that is where we must ensure that we secure. Now, the role of party agents, let me say this here. Because the old legal framework supported the what they call organized crime at polling unit, where they did what they call Unused ballots, that's the business they do there. No longer sharing of unused ballots. As a matter of fact, you don't even need a party agent. Because I make presiding officers that have been appointed, they are representative of the Nigerian people. They are the trustee of the Nigerian people at the polling unit. Because all these party agents you are talking about, it's a huge additional cost even to contestants. And that is why you find out that in America, in other parts of the world, in the battleground state in the United States of America, the secretary of the electoral board in those places, they belong to the Republican or what you call a um, uh, Democratic Party. For example, you look at the Georgia, the secretary of the board is a Republican. He voted, and I agree with you, that time should come where uh, voters, uh, those who, um, poll officials who work in INEC, who are also on the register of voters, that we eventually are going to say that, oh, low voters turnout, whereas by our own system, we have excluded a whole, about one million people now who are going to participate in this election now. They are going to be excluded from voting. Security personnel who are also in the database, they are not going to vote. Soldiers are not going to vote. So eventually when we are talking about uh, low voters turnout, we also must take into account this point. But here's the point I'm trying to make here. The secretary of the board made it clear to the whole world, to, to Donald Trump, that as a Republican, he voted for him. But that the vote of the Nigerian, of the, of the American people, you, you understand? That the vote of the American people must be reflected. In America, you have what you call a multi-system. In all the state controlled by the respective uh, parties, you have the electoral board managed by those political parties. Can you try that in Nigeria? You have APC, PDP, AFGA, and all of them in each of the states. Now, the electoral management body to conduct a presidential election in this country without work? What we have is a rogue system here. Uh, right now, our democracy has no foundation. In the 36th of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, you have 36 state governors 
who determines who should be a local government chairman, who should be a councillor. We are not even talking about that. We are focusing only on INEC. And INEC is doing his very best. I must say this here. I am one of the greatest, you know, uh, who take a critique on the system. But where we are right now, these politicians, that's why they are panicking everywhere. Balobos Nashi, forget about that. Forget about those things. Forget about that. We have done 105 elections. Can you point out to me where a snatch ballot paper became useful in any election? Not at all. Not at all. She went to one to me. Now, how can citizens protect it? We are talking about citizens and all that. Because I mean, sure you ask one of them a question. Okay, how do we do that? Now that we are we are the request of citizens, harmless citizens, harmless citizens. The best protection is the procedure that I put in place. As I speak to you, there are some provisions. If you have watched me, I said those provisions. I will never mention them. They are designed as shield to the process. But they act as a sword when you try to want to manipulate. That is what we are putting there. In the current act, out of 91 proposals, the National Assembly accepted 48. In 48, they, they, they accepted. Did they even know what we put in there? Did they read those things? Is that not why there's moral panic anywhere all over the whole place? These guys are gone. We have taken the carpet. We have put the carpet off their feet already. You must get that right. 105 elections. Would it have been possible for Baseki to be governor today? A man who left, who left uh, a ruling party and carried the mandate to another party? Would that have been possible? It is because of the beavers, hmm. that regime yeah. that we have had in place right now. In the case of Edo, we, we expanded the, the IREP to accommodate over, over 2 million viewers. So people from Edo State in Japan, Australia, Russia, they were able to see the polling unit as uploaded. Don't forget that when you snap the results, the form EC8A by the with the beavers, and you upload, you cannot do anything with it. You yourself snap any document and try to send to another of your phone whether you can utter the information on that. You cannot do that. And in any case, even where there's a mistake observed by the rat text at the world level, for example, three plus one. It's supposed to be four. But if for any reason or somehow mistake that three plus one were written on the form ECA to be five or six, and it is calculated just a simple mathematical error. Once you made that calculation in that in, at the world level, that original where you found that uh, something, it must still be there for what you call a further review at the next level. We have created layers of accountability that is difficult for them to break through. That is why they are going to court. That is why they said they want to stop beavers. And I've said, as a lawyer, I can't beat my chest today to say that a, one of our colleagues in the bench who has been promised heaven and earth will not give an order to stop the use of beavers, even at the 11th hour. I cannot say so. I can't beat my chest. After all, Justice Ikpeme do the same thing in 1993, where despite the decree, Section 70 of the decree, that said no court of law shall give other stopping the holding of election. Justice Kwame sat by nine o'clock in the night and gave an order. That was what led to the problem of June 12. At the end of the day, another court gave an order. Don't announce result. Abiola went to the court to appeal. They refused to accept his appeal for filing deliberately at the court. On the 23rd of June, an unsigned letter was written by Babangida, signed by 
in rapport to the, no, not sign, unsign to the effect that June 12 have been annulled. And what was the reason given? That they are not due to have, to avoid judicial anarchy. Politician will start it, it will come to the court. You don't know why in our country today, it is easy for those who do the wrong thing to be saying that, go to court, go to court. We have not got to a level where people who didn't go to primary, they are not having ticket as candidate for election right. in our country. All no. right. Yeah. No, no, no. You have to take all the questions so that I, I, all these things they are raising here. Don't raise these issues at all. They don't exist. I can say that. I beat my shit. They don't exist. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast. This podcast will return soon.